Welcome back to New Rockstars, I'm Eric Voss, and the Marvel Cinematic Universe is on the precipice of a huge announcement that Marvel fans need to keep us from plunging into despair as if we were in a flightless armored suit. Boom, you looking for this? <laughs> Comic-Con at Home will be a virtual event taking the place of the live convention in San Diego every year. It's gonna go down July 22nd through 26th, in which all of us, not just the sweaty huddle masses of Hall H, will learn together what's in store for the future of Marvel and other fandoms. The light, hopefully at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, I'm doing it, I'm giving you hope. Don't give me hope. We are starting to get reports about those announcements, so let's preview everything we know about the updated Marvel timeline coming our way at Comic-Con in a few weeks, and this year's big surprise reveal about an upcoming title beyond the listed ones we know about. Let's start with Black Widow, Marvel's next biggest title, and according to some sources, Marvel has two Black Widow trailers in the pipeline, with the British Board of Film Classification approving two cuts for media release, one 2 minutes and 38 seconds, another 1 minute and 44 seconds. Another source claimed to have already seen this trailer, describing the film's release date updated to November. November 6, 2020, and new unseen footage of David Harbour as Red Guardian Alexei Shostakov. Last March, Disney and Marvel released what they called their final trailer for Black Widow, so I'm guessing the studio has teased about as much as they want to tease ahead of this film, but a greater focus on Harbour to me sounds like an attempt to tie in with some anticipated increase in Harbour news, with updates about Stranger Things Season 4 in the months ahead. Essentially, we're entering Black Widow Age of Harbour. The Black Widow director also just confirmed that the film will straight up pass the baton from Scarlett Johansson to Florence Pugh and propel another female storyline. Now, in the past, I proposed the not that batshit theory that clues from that Black Widow trailer suggest a possible surgical face swap between Natasha and Elena so that the Natasha we've known all this time could still live on just with Florence Pugh's face. And I say not that batshit because it totally happens in the comics. But uh, we'll get more into this in this week's episode of Rogue Theory. But what about Disney Plus? Well, the streaming service has announced three panels as of this taping. Documentary series Marvel 616, Phineas and Ferb, and The Right Stuff. But I'm thinking there's also gotta be a panel for The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. The six episodes on Disney Plus were tentatively scheduled for fall 2020, but of course, production suspended. And it is reported to resume in August. But at the very least, we can hope for more footage beyond those brief shots we saw in the Super Bowl spot earlier this year, and a firmer release date. Same goes for WandaVision, which is still tentatively scheduled for December 2020 and is reported to be about nine episodes in length, with Evan Peters joining the cast in a mystery role. Now, The Eternals was rescheduled to February 12th, 2021, and for months, sources have claimed a trailer for the film is in the can, ready to release whenever the studio is ready to announce. Shang-Chi is a bit further behind production, but the star of the film teased that the cast and crew did shoot some awesome footage that he'd love to show at Comic-Con. I kind of hope that Comic-Con doesn't get canceled because I know we shot, oh, I don't want to say this, no, um, I can't say it. I hope that we get to go to Comic-Con because I think we would have some pretty awesome footage to share. There was also one unconfirmed screen grab going around listing media links for a Marvel Comic-Con panel, though I don't know who would format it like it was written on a typewriter with bad spacing and describe anything as two concept arts. 
Hopefully, we'll also get more details about Phase 4 titles beyond these, like more than three seconds of Loki, whether Peter Parker will face Kraven, Norman Osborn, The Sinister Six, or all of them in his third film, delayed to November 2021. Details about Thor 4 more Thor in February 2022. How Sam Raimi will hopefully connect back to his own Spider-Verse and Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness in March 2022. Black Panther in May 2022. Captain Marvel 2 coming in July 2022. Blade, how Luis will recap Endgame and Ant-Man 3. And yeah, Miss Marvel, Moonlight, and she-Hulk. But all of that, while appreciated, would just be more on the titles that have already been announced. That's not what Hall H is about. These panels are for making big aspirational fan servicey promises that, like the Inhumans movie, might never be delivered on. So how is Feige gonna swing for the fences in 2020? What big old Marshall Ali as Blade-style bombshell is he sitting on to reassure the fans, or Disney shareholders, that the best is yet to come? Well, hey, just because you won't be sweating it out at Comic-Con doesn't mean it still isn't summertime and your family jewels aren't sweating it out in your shorts sauna. Well, have no fear, my bushy buddies. Our friends at Manscaped are here with the great products to keep you looking good and feeling good in this hot summer weather. To keep your little piggies looking good in flip-flops, they've got the new Manscaped Shears 2.0 Nail Kit, the perfect add-on to your bathroom grooming regimen. The Shears 2.0 is a newly improved luxury four-piece nail kit, including tweezers, clippers, scissors, and a nail file. I'm not saying you should use these tools to break out of prison, you shouldn't. They're meant to keep your fingers and toes looking great. But I am saying that the tempered stainless steel is probably strong enough to do it. Their Perfect Package 3.0 kit comes with the essential lawnmower 3.0 water-resistant cordless body trimmer. Mm and a ton of other liquid foundations to round out your manscaping routine. One of those formulations is a manscaped crop preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. The outside might be heat miser, but the manscaped crop preserver keeps your man bag feeling frosty. Subscribe to the perfect package with the peak hygiene plan today and get a new blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer delivered to your door every three months, totally hassle-free. And for a limited time, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag and the patented high-performance reduced chafing manscaped boxer briefs. These boxer briefs do not count as swim trunks at your friend's pool party. Trust me, I have tried. Get 20% off and free shipping to the US, UK, Canada, and Australia when you use the promo code Stars20 at manscaped.com. That's code STARS20 for 20% off at manscaped.com. See our link in the video's description. Okay, the biggest headline-making reveal that Kevin Feige could announce at Comic-Con at home would be a long-anticipated Marvel film title like a rebooted MCU Fantastic Four. The holiday 2022 window is wide open at the moment. Now that could go to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, but... Marvel's hands are kind of tied with James Gunn's schedule with the Suicide Squad for Warner Brothers, which is still set to release August 6, 2021. We're not sure if that would give Gunn enough time to get Guardians Volume 3 shot, wrapped, and post by the end of 2022. And further production delays could shift things back even further for Gunn and the rest of the huge Guardians cast, all of which are essential to that story. So yeah, the cast of an MCU Fantastic Four joining the chat at Comic-Con at home would be Marvel's biggest game changer in years, especially if that Reed Richards square got filled in by John Krasinski. But Marvel might be working toward another team. Seems like the Thunderbolts. The return of Zemo and Falcon Winter Soldier, Thunderbolt Ross and Black Widow, and the emphasis on alternate Avengers figures like Red Guardian could all be pointing to the development of a new Avengers B-Squad. Also, various upcoming Marvel titles could be pointing to the possible setup of the Young Avengers with Billy Kaplan, Wiccan, and Tommy Shepard Speed in WandaVision, Stature, Cassie Lang in Ant-Man 3, Kate Bishop in the Hawkeye series, and maybe Elijah Bradley, Patriot, and the Falcon Winter Soldier, or Nate Richards, 
Richards, Iron Lad, aka King, and Loki. There are also a few teams that could be linked with Doctor Strange, like Marvel's Illuminati, finally, that would join Strange with the likes of Namor, Reed Richards, Professor X, there was that Easter egg on Tony Stark's phone as far back in Iron Man 2, or even the Midnight Suns, which could tie Strange with Blade, Ghost Rider, maybe even Moon Knight. Feige could simply announce a crossover event that will link several of these properties, like The Secret Invasion, which seems to be the case with all the scrolls all over the place, or even Secret Wars. There's also some rumors that Feige will pull a similar casting announcement as he did with Mahershala Ali as Blade, which really just requires an actor to walk out wearing a hat. This could mean an actor is a big bad for Phase 4 or 5, like Galactus or Victor Von Doom, Kang the Conqueror, Mephisto, Magneto. Or maybe we'll get a confirmation that one of these A-listers rumored to be in talks for Marvel roles, like Keanu Reeves as Silver Surfer, Henry Cavill as Wolverine. Really, a win ripe for the pickin' would be Ryan Reynolds in an MCU debut for Deadpool. The guy is already thirstily crashing the streaming calls of the X-Men cast. Just give this guy the Zoom link, Feige. And yeah, our upcoming episode of Rogue Theory will also speculate wildly on what dream announcement we want to see at Comic-Con at home. Be sure to check it out and comment down below with what you hope to be announced for Marvel's future. And for more theory discussion, join our official Discord server by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash newrockstars. Follow me on Instagram at EAVoss, follow New Rockstars, and subscribe for breakdowns of everything you love. Thanks for watching. Boom. Welcome back to New Rockstars, I'm Eric Voss, and our has turned up some fascinating overlooked details about the things that go boom. The secret reason no one tried to put on Stark's gauntlet instead of hot potatoing it around in Endgame, the possibility Thor reforged and recharmed Mjolnir for Thor for more Thor, and the new cap shield being made out of proto-adamantium, which was shortly after confirmed by Fortnite. Thanks, new masters! But there was one even more powerful weapon that quietly dominated these films, tech that transformed Tony Stark as a human being and arguably f***ed up the MCU in non-reversible ways worse than the snap. Barf. That Tony turned into a self-therapy machine and renamed Binarily Augmented Retroframing, or Barf. He renamed my life's work. Barf. Barf! You remember barf? Sometimes you taste it in your mouth after my theories. And you may remember how back in January 2018, a few months before Avengers Infinity War released, leaked set photos from Avengers Endgame, then known only as Avengers 4, led many fans to speculate that time travel could be involved, which it was. Cap and Tony were totally time traveling in the scene. The Russo brothers responded to these leaks with a cryptic tease about an important piece of technology established back in Captain America Civil War, a five minute sequence in Civil War that they said could give a hint about Avengers 4's plot. One of those leaked photos showed an orange suitcase labeled BARF, and we speculated that Tony Stark's memory technology from Civil War could be used to help the Avengers undo Thanos' snap. And then, after Infinity War and after Endgame, we were all so floored 3000 that few of us stopped to ask, hey, wait a minute, whatever happened to that BARF suitcase that the Rose House had was gonna be such a huge deal? And we all said it just like that. Infinity War did feature that flip phone that Cap mailed to Tony Stank in Civil War, those wrist-based quantum navigators were a bit similar to the wrist-based armor Tony had in Civil War, and I guess Scott Lang's pin particles in Civil War did, you know, factor into Endgame's plot. But no, 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 the Russos teased a five-minute Civil War sequence that was clearly about Barf. And yes, of course, Barf made a huge surprise comeback in Spider-Man Far From Home. But it was a total no-show in Infinity War and Endgame, so were the Russos just trolling us after seeing these leaked photos and going, oh, fuck. 
and then barfing up some smelly barf baloney to throw us off the scent? Well, actually, no. Barf is visible in Endgame, and not just in Fat Thor's beard. In fact, Barf recoded the mind of Tony Stark in a way that will make you rethink Endgame and Civil War. Well, before we continue, losing your hair is a bummer. Two out of three guys will experience some form of male pattern baldness by the time they're 35. We don't want that. We want our scalp beards forever. With Keeps, it's easier and more affordable to get treatment for your hair loss and help you keep the hair that you already have. Keeps offers generic versions of the only two FDA-approved hair loss products out there, but at half the cost of your local pharmacy. And you don't have to go into a doctor's office, you can just do it all from home, where you're probably stuck right now. You meet with a doctor online and they ship the treatment right to your home. Find out why Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors and nearly 100,000 men trust Keeps for their hair loss prevention medication. So if you're noticing that you're losing your hair, do something about it. For a limited time, go to keeps.com slash newrockstars or click on the link in the description to receive 50% off your first order. Okay, so where does Barf appear in Endgame. Now again, there was that orange suitcase labeled Barf spotted in the leaked set photos. That same suitcase, or a very similar one, shows up for a split second, right after Tony returns to Avengers HQ, returns the shield to Cap, and from his trunk, he also removes a red suitcase, which looks a lot like the one in the set photo when you account for the color balancing they probably did on this scene. I believe Tony Stark dusted off his old Barf tech to brush up on the history of his own life and the life of his father, Howard, in order to relocate all the Infinity Stones throughout their points in history. Remember, during the time heist after they lost the Tesseract, Tony manages to recall on the spot a secondary destination in the year 1970. We got it. There's another way to retake the Tesseract and acquire new particles. We'll stroll down memory lane. Military installation, Garden State. I know for a fact they were there. Who's they? What are we I doing? I know how I know. Yeah, Tony never goes into more detail on how he knows what he knows, but the truth is, as Tony prepared for this time heist, he crammed with Barf. Back in Iron Man 2, Tony reviewed archive footage of his father from the 1970s, and a young Tony showed up in that footage as a boy. So he could have used Barf to reopen that childhood memory to objectively review where his father was in the 70s in order to know how he knows to go there in Endgame. But here's the thing about Barf. It stinks. <laughs> but really, it's not objective. It's subjective. During our Civil War rewatch, I discovered something about Barf that, you know, I haven't been able to shut up about. An extremely costly method of hijacking the hippocampus to clear traumatic memories. And this moment tells us why this scene in Civil War is so important to Tony Stark's character development in the MCU. Yes, I was a bit rough on Civil War in my Infinity Saga ranking. Many of you might never forgive me, and some failing to see that I gave this movie perfect scores on action and world building, but instead fixated on the fact that I just liked other MCU movies a bit more, have incessantly badgered me ever since with comments and tweets threatening to unsub and trashing every word I've spoken about Marvel. You know what? It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. One of my disconnects with Civil War was how out of character Tony Stark is. The screenwriters have admitted they really just wanted to do a Captain America 3 movie. They felt a bit hamstrung by the studio forcing them to include Tony Stark and Peter Parker in their movie. Overall, they totally pulled it off. Although, Tony's actions do contradict themselves. Lecturing the others on hurting kids one moment, and the next moment, recruiting a child into a war zone. But now, looking back, Tony's uncharacteristic divergence 
resurgence is what many fans love about him in this movie. I believe his pukey decisions can be explained largely by Barf, because by hijacking the hippocampus, Barf rewired how Tony processes memories. Barf does not give a historical record, but a biased, subjective account of how our mind reframes the past. Tony even admits this. That's how I wish it happened. In truth, Tony never actually said goodbye to his parents this way. But that is how our brains process memories. As I pointed out in our breakdown of Captain Marvel, when we remember something, we're not remembering the event as it happened. We're remembering how we felt the last time we thought about that event. Our brains are biologically wired to reframe the past in a way that makes us stronger in the present. But Barf bypasses that natural process to revisit those painful memories and steal in them, obsess over them, like in HBO's Watchmen to overdose on nostalgia. This was an abrupt pivot for Tony after Age of Ultron, which defined him as future-obsessed, shitting himself after a doomsday premonition, playing God, and foreshadowing Endgame's title. That up there, that's... that's the Endgame. But Barf reprogrammed Tony into a nostalgic who learns the wrong lessons from history. This isn't gonna change what happened. I don't care. He killed my mom. You could say Barf just fried his brain, but this is something we all go through at some point in our lives, suddenly triggered by a past trauma that we can't control. Hawkeye even calls Tony out. The futurist, gentlemen. The futurist is here. He sees all. He knows what's best for you, whether you like it or not. And I pointed out in my breakdown that this is a meta dig at Robert Downey Jr.'s album, but it goes even deeper for Tony's character as a futurist. How he screwed them by being a future-obsessed tinkerer in Age of Ultron, and now he screws them by being past-obsessed. He's unstuck in time, and he stays restless through Endgame. Pepper acknowledges his insomnia. But would you be able to rest? And this movie sticks the landing so well because it crisscrosses Tony and Cap's trajectories. Cap was a man out of his time. Endgame brought him home. Tony begins a saga living in the moment then becomes an obsessed futurist, then an obsessed nostalgic, but then finds the real equivalent of Barf saying goodbye to his actual father, not a holographic skewed projection of Howard, finally allowing Tony to rest. You can rest now. So does this raise civil war in my rankings? Uh, maybe. Look, like memories, our feelings about each of these movies aren't based on objective truth, but on our personal connections to them. If you liked it more than me, you're not wrong, but I'm also not wrong for liking something less than you did. So let's just get back to the subtle overlooked details that make all all of these movies great in theories for where they could be headed next shall we join this discussion on discord by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash new rockstars follow me on instagram at ea boss follow new rockstars and subscribe for breakdowns of everything you love thanks for watching and hey if you missed my old running bit here's a throwback for you last time i trusted someone boom What's going on guys? Welcome to Everything Always. My name's Michael Roman. Now in the two plus years we've been doing this here at the channel, there's been this thin gray area between the anonymous leaks that we cover and the news that we break in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And right in the middle of that gray area is none other than Roger Wardell, the infamous anonymous leaker who has a name but no face attached. And in this case, he has a couple of Twitter accounts that have been spewing a ton of information as is normal for him months in advance. And when it comes to Roger Wardell, the reason that name is for 
familiar, the reason we talk about him here at the channel is this is the same guy who five months in advance of Avengers Endgame was nailing all of the details, and trust me, I really mean all of the details, from the Hal Hydra cap scene to the recreation of the elevator, all the way over to Robert Redford's cameo, Fat Thor, and a whole ton of other stuff. Well, now he's back on his brand new account with a ton of new leaks, some of which are not surprising, one of which is totally shocking. We're going to break them down one by one in context of what we already know about Marvel Phase 4, look at the ones that sort of corroborate what we've been talking about for the last couple of months, and then examine some tweets by him that sort of turn every Everything we know about the upcoming Marvel Phase 4 and 5 on their head. Like I said, we're going to break it all down and issue the normal spoiler warning. But first, if you could grab the subscribe button, we're giving away two PlayStation 4 Pros, as well as a whole slew of other Marvel related stuff, including this insane 1 4th scale XM Studios Beta Ray Bill, as well as we've just added another Infinity Saga box set. By the way, guys, the prices on these have gone through the roof. We've gotten our hands on one more here at the channel that will be given away during the holiday season at the end of the year. If you want to be entered to win any of the prizes, all the same rules will always apply. Hit the subscribe button, then the notification bell, leave a like and a comment on this video, and if you want, stick around to the end of the video, we'll get into all the giveaway stuff again there. So first up, the normal spoiler warning, remember to take anything that doesn't come directly from Marvel Studios with a grain of salt. In the case of Roger Wardell, although he has been extremely correct in the past, he sort of has these anonymous Twitter accounts, a new one pops up every six months, and then he goes months in between and shotguns a ton of tweets. Today's no different, we got eight. Either way, because of who's tweeting this, his name and his track record of correctness in the past, if this is in any way going to ruin your upcoming Marvel Phase 4 or Phase 5 experience, or if any of these spoilers end up becoming true and you're susceptible to this kind of thing, you know yourself better than others and where you set your expectations, you might want to back out now. Otherwise, let's dive right in with one of those tweets that doesn't really change anything but rather corroborates what we've been talking about here at the channel. The first tweet starting 19 hours ago, Keanu Reeves in final talks for Johnny Blaze in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. We have reported on that at length here at the channel. It's come from several sources, and we've also heard directly from Kevin Feige himself that they talk to Keanu Reeves all the time about roles in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They think we're all in on him being Johnny Blaze. It would be an excellent fit for the character, and if this is in any way true, I think we can be super excited for the upcoming Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Now, you'll notice in the prologue, I mentioned that some of these tweets were going to turn everything that we know about the upcoming Marvel Phase 5 leaks on their head, and this next tweet is one of them. John Krasinski and Emily Blunt are being courted for MCU roles, but not the Fantastic Four. Marvel is looking at fresh faces for the first family. Now, here at the channel, I have said I am all in on completely unknowns taking up the biggest MCU roles because otherwise, the typecasting is just too strong, going from previous roles to the MCU or the other way around. And I think we just saw a little bit of those struggles with the Avengers Tony Stark hangover when Robert Downey Jr. attempted to do Dr. Doolittle and it bombed. Either way, fresh faces or not, the concept art for Emily Blunt and John Krasinski to take up the heads of the first family actually predate my channel by almost six months, making them at this point going on almost three years old. And as I've said in the past, just because the internet basically anointed these two, the heads of the first family doesn't mean that Marvel Studios thinks the same way. And although we've reported on it many times here at the channel, and it was looking more and more likely like John Krasinski would definitely become Reed Richards, Roger Wardell is definitely implying something completely different here for the Fantastic Four. Now, speaking of which, this next tweet also applies and also to the X-Men, Rick Famuyiwa and Justin Lin are are in talks to direct films for Marvel Studios. Projects being suggested include Femi Yiwa for the X-Men, 
and Lynn for the Fantastic Four. Now, there have not been any mentions of directors for either of these films outside of Ant-Man's director Peyton Reed throwing his own hat in the ring saying he's always dreamed of directing the Fantastic Four or perhaps John Krasinski doing one of those dual acting directing jobs on the first film. Either way, this is super interesting because it implies that these projects are moving through the annals of the earliest phases of pre-production and towards actually getting made. You'd find a director and or script first and then start working from there. So this is definitely exciting and we've heard they've been taking pitches for some of these projects in the last six months. It could be the case that they finally settled on one and they're looking for a director now. Super exciting news. The next tweet goes on to say that the next new film announcements for Marvel Studios will not be accompanied by a release date or a release date window. Gee, what a surprise there. I have been saying that here at this channel the entire time. It is not a right, it is an absolute privilege that Marvel Studios even shares what's coming a couple years down the road, let alone giving us 11 projects at once. And you can be sure after what happened here in the last six months, there is no way Marvel Studios is ever going to lock themselves in to a multi-year plan for simple reasons of common sense. If you don't put it out there when the movies are supposed to come out, then you don't lock yourself into anything and have to delay it later when something like this happens. And hopefully it won't happen in the future, but Marvel Studios is going to be ultra cautious to make sure it doesn't. Going on from there, Marvel already found their Mark Spector, that is indeed Moon Knight, and the abusive boyfriend from The Invisible Man, Oliver Jackson Cohen. I am not that familiar with Cohen's work, but if this is true, as far as him being cast as Mark Spector, as we mentioned, the production for Moon Knight is actually set to begin at the end of this year. The same goes for Miss Marvel. You can't start productions on shows like that unless you cast the lead actor and actress. We knew that there would be a casting for this coming soon, and some of us suspected at the upcoming San Diego Comic-Con, which is looking like Marvel Studios won't be at at all, they were going to announce some of these castings in lieu of not having a huge slate reveal. We may have to wait for the upcoming, quote, Marvel Studios Con, if we still don't know if that's happening, by the way, the upcoming Studios Con to find out who some of these actors and actresses will be if they're going to reveal them at all. The next tweet is also very interesting. Sony once again got their way with Venom in Spider-Man 3. Eddie Brock will be back in New York investigating the death of Mysterio for the Eddie Brock report. Now, we've definitely had our laughs here at the channel poking a little fun at Sony, especially when they put none other than Michael Keaton's Adrian Toomes in the Morbius trailer, revealing that the two universes were linked. They couldn't even save that for the film. At the time, I said it's because they couldn't help themselves. Again, laughs at their expense. But the real trick for them was getting a crossover back into the MCU. Not a one-way ticket of Disney and Marvel Studios sending their MCU characters to Sony, but Sony getting an actual chance to get something like Eddie Brock's Venom, Morbius, or any of their characters into an MCU movie. And at the time they signed that recontract extension in the later parts of last year, my main point of conjecture was we had been reporting on Sony wanting to get Venom in a Spider-Man movie literally for over a year since the before Avengers Endgame. It was talked about forever. I think that was their main point of contention. At the time I said that was probably their one negotiating point. We all know the deal went through. So something must have happened on that front. That's why I am not shocked by this tweet at all. And I think I would have been more surprised if Sony hadn't found a way to get Venom in the next Spider-Man movie, at least in a cameo in a post credit scene, because that's the only way they legitimize their Spider-Man verse without a Spider-Man. Now this huge group of tweets ends with names being thrown around for Reed Richards include names like Lakeith Stanfeld, 
and Matthew Gray Gubbler. It is way too early for me to even think about anybody else's Reed Richards beyond John Krasinski. That's that's who I want in my heart. I feel like a lot of us have been looking at concept art for so long. We feel the same way. Either way, let me know all your thoughts about all these leaks. I feel like the Spider-Man one is the most shocking and non-shocking at the same time. Like I said, I fully suspected Eddie Brock to be showing up at some point in the MCU. John Krasinski and Emily Blunt, not for the Fantastic Four, but for MCU roles. That just seems a little bit weird. Mark Spector being cast, the Moon Knight character needed to have been cast sooner than later. That I'm not surprised about. Guys, let me know your thoughts about all of these down below. What's the most shocking to you? Which one didn't shock you at all? And who would you like to see as Reed Richards if in fact, John Krasinski's not gonna play the role? I am all ears and quickly, let's get into the giveaway stuff before I let you go. We're still giving away two PlayStation 4 Pros, the next of which is at the 700,000 subscriber mark. All you have to do to be entered to win, hit the subscribe button, then hit the notification bell, leave a like and a comment on this video, and that'll automatically enter you to win all the rest of the prizes here at the channel, like this insane one-fourth scale XM Studios Beta Ray Bill. Now, if you're not familiar with collectibles, this is in no way an action figure. At 30 inches, almost a full three feet tall, this is an immaculately sculpted, museum quality representation of your favorite Marvel characters. This one happened to be the Thor character Beta Ray Bill. If you want to be entered to win the PlayStations, this Beta Ray Bill, or the next Infinity Saga box set, guys, these were limited edition, and as soon as they sold out on pre-order, when they finally hit eBay, the price skyrocketed. We gave away two already here at the channel, one at the end of last year, the beginning of this year, and one sort of in the middle of the spring. This next and last one we're going to give away will be during the holiday season, somewhere towards Christmas, the end of the year, giving you a time to get in on it, but all the same rules will always apply for any of the prizes we announce. Hit the subscribe button, then hit the notification bell with notifications turned on, leave a like and a comment on this video, and because it's truly random, the more videos you like and comment on, the better chance you have of winning. All winners will be announced at the end of videos, just like we're doing here, and if you've missed any of those previous winner announcements for any of the PlayStation 4 Pros, literally we've given away almost 10 this year already, or those two previous Infinity box set winners, all you have to do scroll back through the channel, look for the winner announcement and the sub count in the title, they're easy to find, scroll to the end. My name's Michael Roman, this is everything always guys, thanks so much for checking out the channel and stick around, we'll be posting again real real soon. Okay, this next interview with Lisa Kudrow was recorded before we moved into the Largo Theater, uh, which explains why it's recorded in my backyard. Uh, my guest tonight, of course, an Emmy award-winning actress who played Phoebe on Friends. She also created and starred in the critically acclaimed series The Comeback and Web Therapy, and her new series, Space Force, is streaming right now on Netflix. Please welcome our great friend, Lisa Kudrow. Lisa, how are you? Good. I like your background. This is a, a picture of my backyard. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, because otherwise, let me show you what you'd be dealing with. Okay, let's see it. I want to see And I it. dressed it. This is what's sad. It's a beige. <laughs> like, maybe I'll put some flowers, make it pretty. It looks like you're visiting your great aunt. <laughs> That's what it looks like. Come on. Is there plastic on the furniture, on the, on the sofa? <laughs> so here's what I've been thinking about, preparing to talk to you, which is I've known you for a long time, and you are the person who I would say has been preparing for this <laughs> pandemic since the day I met you, I, you just, you are someone who, uh, first of all, you studied biology and chemistry 
biochem. Seriously, yeah. Seriously, you always used to be telling me over the years a pandemic could be coming and you like to hunker down. Now it's happening. Are you adjusting? Adjusting? There was no adjusting. It was just how I lived my life. There were days yeah. and days where I just never even left my house or went right. in my car. This is the question a lot of couples are up against. Your significant yeah. other, you and Michelle. Yeah. How are you guys doing in this lockdown? Are you getting yeah, along? I mean, what's really working is he's mostly in a, living in another city right now. So that's- Is that true? Yeah. Where is Michelle? He's in the desert. Well, he's here now, but uh -huh. he spends a lot of time in the desert. Spends a lot of time in the desert. He sounds yeah, like- roaming around. No. He, uh, sounds, he sounds like Jesus. <laughs> he sounds like- Sounds like Moses just Moses. wandering around. Does he come back spiritually enlightened when he goes when he's wandering in the desert for like thirty yeah. days? He's four hundred years old. <laughs> well, also, are you good at this Zoom thing? I've gotten a little bit better at it. Yeah, I did. I think I got pretty good at it, and then um, I thought I got pretty good at it, and then I had a board meeting for you know I'm at Vassar. You're on the board at, at Vassar College, your alma mater. Yes, I knew yeah. that. And and by the way, it was my very last board meeting. Oh. Why I could attend, because I didn't have to go there. Um, but the very last one, and that's a very big deal. It's been 16 years. That's you've, a long been, time. you've been on the board at Vassar College for 16 years. Yes, because I- You go to have your last meeting. That's yeah. gotta be a little emotional, and it's on Zoom? And it's on Zoom, but I think they said they were going to sort of carve out time because usually at the when you're there, there's a dinner and you you know say goodbye with a meaningful speech, something you know. So I was thinking about you know what I was going to say, and then out of nowhere, it felt it was okay. So this is Lisa's last meeting. We know she's got to go so early. So and I and I just went, oh no, I don't have to go early. Mm -hmm. And nothing's happening. The president of the school is starting to address me, President Bradley. And I'm like, no, I don't have to go. Oh, I'm on mute. Okay. No, I don't have to go. She's still not, doesn't seem to hear me. I'm like, I don't have to go. I don't have to go. <laughs> but they can't hear you? Because I didn't press it. Oh, no. I'm trying to listen. I've missed everything she said other than, and I'm talking to her. And I said, oh, my God, I'm talking to Phoebe. And I went, Really? That's how I came off, like someone who doesn't know what evolution is. Like, and then it just seemed like I said, all right, well, so you have a lot to do and we have a lot to do. Of course, they have a lot to do in the middle of all this. So thank you, Lisa. And I just went, okay, well, bye, and hung up. <laughs> someone, yeah. someone there texted me and just wrote, boo. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about something super happy, which is this highly anticipated Friends reunion. Ooh, and then it yeah. gets pushed because of uh, this this crisis we're all going through. Yeah. So I know that that must have felt a little bit like, oh, we're going to do this now, but wait, no, now we're not going to do it for a while. Do you know when you're doing it? We have something um, on on the books. Mm -hmm. for us to do it, you know, at some point in August, and we'll, we'll see. I mean, we're all still waiting for guidelines for shooting things. So right. hopefully, yeah, that would be great. To You know what would really piss people off is you, if you guys did it, but it was on Zoom. 
So the highly anticipated all of you getting together was <laughs> you guys on Zoom. Still not and in the same room. And you're not in the same room and you can't really hear each other that well. And then you say, well, there it is. Goodbye, America. <laughs> Come on, that'd be a fun prank. That would be great. That would be so good. And then freezing, it's like, I'll never forget the time. Yeah. You were insane <laughs> and you. <laughs> yeah. Remember, remember Jennifer, that time that you did that thing we never forgave you for, which was, and you all freeze, and then you come back and you're all laughing? That's fantastic. I would love that. Just do that, please. I'm good at thinking of ideas that ruin things. And that's what I think would be, that'd be a great prank. Great no, prank on America. Most fun. Wait, can I ask you something? Yeah. So for, um, for Space Force? Yes. We did this, uh, this, game night thing. Mm -hmm. and most of the cast for of Space Force was there. And I was winning. It was tied between me and Steve Carell. Mm -hmm. And what we had to do was go into our house and find some novelty mug. And then that would decide who won. So yeah. he ran. And first thing I could think of, Conan, was this. Does this look familiar to you? Yes. Right? I do remember that. Yes. Right? And so I don't even... I was so happy and I just said, this, this is from Conan's first year on Late Night. And there wasn't even, it didn't even say Late Night with Conan O'Brien. And I right. still have it and this is it. But is that right? Yeah, I think so. I think we, we have, early on, they weren't sure I was gonna make it. So they didn't wanna put my name on any of the mugs. They just wanted, if another host took over, they wanted to just be able to, <laughs> to use the same mugs. So yes, you're right. I think that's from the first season when pre pre putting my name on anything. And but, so, did yeah. you win because of that? Yes, because yes. It, was, it was it was TV history. Like they all viewed it as okay, that is TV history. That's yes. monumental. Yes. But well, but then I could I woke up in the middle of the night and I thought, wait, I wasn't on Conan's show his first year. But I think you got a mug. How? I don't I know, I think, we were, I think we were friends and uh, you, you visited and I think you took one. I just you, remember, when you, remember when you used to, I don't know if you want this out or not, but you used to steal things, take things a lot. Well, remember? we rephrase that? In the 90s, you stole things. Oh, and, um, better, thanks. After the first year, my name started to go on stuff. But and I then starting about a year ago, they started taking it off stuff again. <laughs> <laughs> it must be fun getting to work with, I mean, it's a great cast, Space Force, and you're working with my old writing partner, Greg Daniels. Yeah, how about this that? Just, this must be, yeah, this is, we used to all hang out in the day back <laughs> long time ago. Yeah. Uh, uh, Greg Daniels was my writing partner. And um, this is back when, I think you knew me when Greg and I shared... Everything. Everything, we shared a car. <laughs> so if one of us got a date, we had to ask to the other one to borrow the car. We shared an apartment. Um, we had desks that faced each other at work. And I think after a year and a half, we wanted to kill each other. <laughs> we absolutely <laughs> wanted to kill each other. It was sort of preparation for right now. Yes, that was our preparation for this time we're going through, yeah. We were quarantined after college together. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm really
really thrilled that you had the time to speak with me. Oh, right. You have plenty of time. <laughs> Usually I'm thanking you for like, oh, you came all the way to Warner Brothers to come do the show. That's really nice of you. And now it's, you know, but thank you. I do. Dressed my curtain. I dressed my beige curtain for you. <laughs> you did. You stole plants from a Hallmark shop. <laughs> it looks really nice. I'm very excited about Space Force. Uh, and um, I want to get the plug out right now. Space Force is streaming now on Netflix, everybody. Check it out. Lisa, I bow to you as I always do. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't a bow what you did. You went, Ugh. It looked like you were going to throw up when you bowed. No, that's not what yeah. I sound like when I'm going to throw up. Oh, well, okay. I took us on a bad road. What? I bow to you. I bow to you. I bow to you. Look at that.